I'm Michael Holly, and you're listening to the Celtics Pride podcast on Celtics Blog. Welcome to the Celtics Pride Podcast on Celtics Blog. I am Adam Motenko, and I'm feeling like Marcus Smart today. I'm calling out my my co-hosts, my teammates, pass the ball. With me, as always, my twin brother, Josh Motenko. I'm ready to pass. Here you go. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, you guys do pass. You too, Mike Minkoff. Uh, I may have tweaked my hammy, so I might, I might have to sit <laughs> out for the next couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, I was... I was carrying this team before then so you know it's about time you guys you know picked up the slack boom we got a lot to talk about today it has been a roller coaster 10 days in the celtics universe so we're going to recap that we're going to get into the details the celtics competitive miss level are they competitive are they not do they want it marcus smart's comments uh headlines for recent games big win against miami luka Doncic, man Tough to tough to play against him. And we're going to talk about trends. And we're also going to talk about, we're going to do a workshop of some Jason Tatum nicknames. Mike, you brought one up last week and uh, it just got my head spinning. So uh, I I, uh, I used a little pen and paper here and I'm curious what you guys think. And I'm curious what the fan base oh, would yeah. think too. So we're going to get into all of that. Let's first start by just recapping. And, and guys, this is, so we're recording this on Sunday night. It'll come out Tuesday This is just the last 10 days, okay? 10 days ago, the team was clearly not trying hard enough. You could see it. Keith Smith had an article on Celtics blog on 1028 after the the first Washington game saying the Celtics lacked effort for a second year in a row. He ended the article summing it up. Sports teams need leadership. They need someone to hold everyone else accountable. They need someone who can let teammates know when their effort level is unacceptable. They need somebody to actually fix issues as opposed to simply promising to fix them. There's only so much Ime Odoka can do as the coach. The real leadership has to come from within the group of guys who are actually taking the floor. Whether that person wears a captain's C doesn't matter. They just have to lead. For example, by example and with words. The Boston Celtics don't have a leader right now. The scary part, it's not even clear. They really care. After that loss, the Celtics lost the two-overtime game against Washington. Uh, and then the loss to the Bulls with that epic fourth-quarter collapse prompting us to podcast a week ago with frustration. As we're podcasting, Marcus Smart is on the podium with the media calling out his teammates, uh, specifically Tatum and Brown, for not passing the ball. And I just want to be really clear. Like, here's what Tatum said, because there's a whole media narrative about this now. Actually, we're going to come back to that. He calls them out. You mean what what Marcus Smart said? Yeah, thank you. What Marcus Smart said. He calls them out. Um, and on that podcast, we called Jason Tatum out. I called him out for not leading. Josh has been calling him soft for multiple seasons. We've been waiting for him to get it. And he clearly still hasn't with respect to expectations based on his potential, his role on this team, um, as its most talented player. And let's be clear, he's not the best right now. Those titles belong to Al Horford and Jalen Brown. Then Jeff Clark, unprecedentedly, it, like in 20 years of the blog, he tosses out his 20-game rule. Every year, Jeff Clark is saying, wait 20 games to evaluate this team. 
He throws that away. Uh, we win 92-79 to 79 against a bad Orlando team. That win looked better than the score, too. We were up by about 20 at some point. We win against a really good Miami team by swarming them on defense. A 33-9 to nine second quarter. The bench score outscores them by a tremendous amount. We out-hustle and outwork uh, and outplayed the grittiest team in the league at their house in the third game in four nights. And it wasn't the offense, but the defense that won it. Then at Dallas, we go in, no Jalen Brown. We start with a, a 5-17 to 17 run. We go down by 14 points in the first because of poor outside shooting. Uh, we make a run, get down by one in the third quarter. Tatum's hitting his shots all game. Uh, and then Smart with a go-ahead three after Boston swings the ball all the way around the perimeter the way you want to see it. Uh, and and then at the end, we mismanage the clock by giving a foul when we should not have. And Luka Doncic with that insane step-back, triple-teamed, fall-away, game-winning three-pointer, just a dagger to win it. I'm really like – I'm, I'm like <laughs> – I'm a little seasick. I don't like roller coasters. I, I'll go on the kitty one and get scared. Like this is a little bit much for me, guys. What are you guys seeing here? How are you feeling at this point? What are the some of the trends that you're seeing? Well, I think the Miami game – you know, it was a gutsy win for sure, and we played better than we have been playing. Um, and and you could say the same about the game with Dallas, but Miami really just could not make a shot. And I think that they shot themselves out of the game. You know, if if a few of those shots had gone down earlier in the first half, I think they would have found their rhythm. But they never did throughout the entire night, and they battled. And so I, I kind of think that they beat themselves a little bit more than we beat them, to be honest. Hate to take uh, any of the wind out of the Celtics sails right now because it was looking pretty bleak before that game. Um, Josh, I just want to jump in and, and say that that comment that I made that we outworked them, outhustled them, outplayed them, that's what the, the Heat broadcasters said as the game was ending. Yeah, I don't think they, I think they also misjudged that one. I think the Heat yeah. missed a ton of shots that they normally make. Like, I don't think that our defense contributed to them missing those shots. I mean, there was de- definitely some times on like some Bam Adebayo short jumpers, some some Jimmy Butler short, uh, like around the rim type shots. We're, we're contesting around the rim really well without fouling, and guys are missing shots, not just in that Heat game, but in other games too. Um, but, I mean, if you look at the numbers from the game, they didn't shoot well from three especially guys that normally hit threes like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, you know, they, they just didn't shoot the ball well. And you don't normally get days like that from those guys. So I think we got a little lucky with that one. As far as trends, like, the, I think the team is still imperfect, but, like, the reason we were, or at least the reason I was so frustrated, I, I mean, it's it's just how you framed it, Adam. It It felt like through seven games, we were two and five, and, we just weren't bringing consistency of effort. I think one thing you can say pretty comfortably is that over the past three game, games, especially on the defensive end, the effort has been there and it's been there in a consistent way. Um, even against Dallas, I mean, we took care of business the way we should have against the Magic. I agree, Josh, that like it, you know, the Heat, um, the Heat definitely did their own kind of self-inflicted damage at parts but i also think we played really good defense uh you know i think the team as a whole um before the season was expected to be a good defensive team and it took some time for them to get used to this system 
there are still some slip ups here and there, but we're getting much, much cleaner on the switches and the, the kind of weak side help um, and, and much more kind of seamless on all of that. And then even against Dallas, when we had a really rough kind of first half of, of offense, we, we still kind of just grinded the entire game. And then uh, once we were able to start turning Dallas over, we got right back in that game. If you, uh, a few more people beyond Tatum started hitting shots. So to me, um, and I think Adam, this is probably where you were going with it, but we can, you can talk about, you know, if smart fully hit the mark in, in the subject, I, I agree. Generally speaking that there are many, many times, and obviously we were yelling about this last week, uh, that Tatum and Brown aren't passing the ball nearly enough. Um, and that stagnates the team. And I think kind of drains the energy from, from teammates and, and makes it harder for them to focus on both ends of the court. Um, I don't know that a lack of passing was as much the issue in that, um, Chicago loss as, uh, as kind of a lack of intensity, effort, and focus, um, and, and just kind of, you know, grit from like Tatum and Brown. I, I think as Udoka said, after the Chicago loss, which is, which is when Smart made those comments, right. There was just like, they started kind of playing around with the game late in the third quarter and lost focus. And, and that's when Chicago got back into the game. So, I think Smart's comments were about something relevant to the team, about something that I think, you know, and it sounds like from from further reporting, about something that Udoka has said to the players, you know, behind closed doors consistently. Uh, I thought it was useful. I think it was Big Waz from The Ringer in a podcast made this great comment about how, like, if you're if you're in a relationship, you know, have a significant other, it may have it, this may have also been on the Open Floor podcast. I can't remember, but you have a significant other, like you have a fight, um, you say something that, uh, you know, may or may not be fully germane to the actual argument, but it's something that's been bothering you, and you just kind of toss it out there, and like even if it doesn't, not fully relevant it will sink in eventually <laughs> and like the message will get across. I think smart coming out, bringing a public, like it's unquestioned to me that the team is more focused over the last three games than they were in the preceding six or seven. Absolutely. And Emo Odoka agrees. He said after the Dallas game, overall, the effort on a night to night basis has been better. We've been more locked in defensively. Let, let's talk about the, these smart comments because I've been really surprised that when, when he made those comments, I thought, yep, he's saying what we all see. There is nothing surprising about what he's saying. The content makes total sense. The framing of it made sense. The way he said it, I, I didn't think was, was, upsetting or offensive or anything else. And then there were snippets of his comments that were taken like they need to pass the ball more. And when you just see that, it's really easy to misread what he meant by that. But he, I mean, these comments, there, there were two questions asked by John Corrales about how frustrating this year has been so far. And uh, Marcus talked about that, said it was tough. I mean, Corrales mentioned that Horford 
came to a podium and acted like they had just lost a, a playoff game. And I think it was the third or fourth game of the season. And, and smart talked about how tough it is. And then after that, Jared Weiss asked two questions about how the offense is running and smart basically said, uh, that if it's hard for him to do much when the ball is not in his hand, that whoever's got the ball, they're the ones that basically need to run the offense and set others up. Um, so if the ball's in his hand, he can do that. If it's in somebody else's hand, then they need to do that. Um, and that other teams know what the Celtics are running. The other teams know that they're trying to get the ball to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And so the other teams set up their defense to try and prevent them from getting the ball. And when they do get the ball, they prevent them from scoring. They're trying to force Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to pass the ball. This is what Marcus Smart said. So he said then they need to take another step in their process. He said, we're proud of how they're doing, growing as players, but they need to take another step to pass to the open person, to pass up the ball early so that later in the game, it'll come back to them or later in the shot clock, it'll come back to them. They need to get better at reading traps and giving up the ball. He said, we're happy with their progress, but they need to take another step and we want to help them do that. Those were the comments. That's totally reasonable. And and then you have Tatum and Brown and Brad Stevens say, it's not what he said, it's the way he said it. It should be kept in-house. And I don't right. I don't agree with that. I don't see what the problem is. So the the one I mean, everyone's entitled, you know, they Brad and, and Jason and Jalen uh, can say that, you know, I think, I think there's something to be said for being intentionally disruptive and, and, and doing things in a way that isn't always comfortable for everyone else. And, and sometimes uh, going outside of that actually helps uh, affect change in a way that it wouldn't otherwise. The one thing I would say is Mark, the way Marcus framed it was as if there were no issues that he could work on either. And that would be the one thing that I would critique if I were saying, if you, if you want to, you know, operate from a voice of leadership, you know, step one to me is also acknowledging kind of the areas where you're lacking and you could be better too. And it's absolutely what he said. There's a true, there's, there was tons of truth to it, if not all truth to it, but there are also things that he could do. He was also, you know, he still kind of gets too flashy and makes, you know, tries to make a fancier pass than he has to sometimes and like does more behind the back stuff that kind of gets off the mark and tries to do too many no looks sometimes. Um, Shoots the ball too like, much. I, I honestly don't even think that's that big an issue for him. I think that it gets overblown with him, but um, there are times I haven't seen that really this season, to be honest. Um, but regardless, I, I think if you're going to call out your teammates or your colleagues or whatever it is, you better be also own, owning up to whatever you can do better. So if I was going to nitpick anything, that's what it would be. And it's not like he said so, he said I'm doing everything perfectly. He did not say but that. But he, he kind of did. He's he, like he acknowledged get me get me the ball more so I can play make. I mean, he kind of said I'm I'm pretty much a key solution here and they're not moving the ball enough. And I agree that they're not moving the ball enough, but he made it sound like he he's the answer to to the Celtics ball movement issues. And I I think that's 
not correct. <laughs> so, so here's what's going on. Marcus Smart is highlighting the play of our or the playmaking of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Their numbers playmaking wise are down from the last couple of years or from last year for both of them. Marcus Smart's numbers are also down. His shooting numbers are down even for him. His free throw attempts are down. His points per game are down. He doesn't have an offensive rebound yet on the entire season, right? So that's very unlike Marcus Smart. He averages one offensive rebound per game throughout his career. So he's he's not playing as well. And so when that guy's making comments and you're like, you know, he, they need to pass the ball more, well, he's <laughs> he's not going to hit the shot because his numbers are down. So, you know, like there's a trust issue, I think, and that's what makes this such a – uh, like an innocuous comment or something that we're all seeing the same thing, something that you you should just keep in house. Like I, that's what people normally do. Um, and under these circumstances, we have a, a kind of a different approach this year. Udoka is a little bit different than Stevens is in that regard, where he's kind of naming what he sees to the public and smarts doing the same thing. So it sounds like Adam, you're, you're kind of on board with that style, but it's not the traditional thing where, where you want to, you know, keep things hush-hush, even if you do have problems because of the way the, the media kind of blows things up. Um, Let me, can last, I jump in there? Yeah. So I, I, I just want to acknowledge, I'm working with an assumption here that these are things that Marcus Smart has said directly to them. If he has not, then this is a huge mistake, and I completely disagree with, with No, no, no. Even actions. if he has, even if finish. he has said that. He, my assumption is that he has, and that this has been ongoing for a year. And, and we saw this, we saw how bad it got. Hopefully 10 days ago or seven days ago was the worst that it's going to get this season. That was pretty bad. I mean, you had the, this is a, this is a talented team. This is a second tier contender that was playing like they couldn't even make the playoffs. They were playing bad. And, and if that is truly who they are, then there, this is a significant underperformance. And in a situation like that, I actually think that some disruptive leadership can be a helpful thing. That's super surprising nine games or seven games into the season. That's not normally when these things happen. And when it happens that quickly in the season, that's a really bad sign. And so that's why you try to keep it in house. That's something that could, if it comes out later in the season, you know, like that's the time to, to publicize things if it's been going on for a while. This is a, you know, we, we just wipe the slate clean with a new head coach at the beginning of the season. And all of a sudden nine, seven games in where we're, we're doing that. Like that's, I, I'm not on board with that all the way. Um, even though I like people calling out what they see. Um, but last podcast really put the spotlight on Jason Tatum, you know, Marcus smarts comments after the, the, the last game, the last couple of games have put it on Tatum and Brown. Now Brown's injured. I really feel like it needs to be spread out because if you look at the entire roster and I wrote an article about this doing kind of a stock watch of everybody in our core, we only have really Jalen Brown, Al Horford and Grant Williams playing better than they normally do. I compared everybody in our core to how they've played the last couple of years and everybody's either playing even to what they normally do or down except Jalen Brown, Al Horford, and, and Grant Williams. And, and Williams doesn't really get me too excited. So it's really just those two guys. When you look at it like that, I feel like that kind of simplicity tells the, the tale of the tape. Like we're we're uh, out on the boat with only two guys rowing the boat and everyone else is kind of dead weight or not pulling their own weight right now. So I, I think that that's, that's – we really need to spread this out. You know, there's other issues too. Um, 
decisions that were made in, in Danny Ainge's last two years, um, both in the draft and, and in free agency that, that could have been done differently. And um, I think that we can go into that. If, if the trends continue, we're definitely going to have some trade ideas for y'all. I think we're kind of like holding that close to the vest right now. We don't want to pull out the trade ideas quite yet. Yeah. Too soon, uh, too soon. But, but that's kind of where this is going if it continues. Right. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, so let's, let's take, let's take a, a step back and look at the season. And I was as despondent as anyone, maybe the most despondent of the three of us. So Adam, you were also pretty fired up <laughs> in our last, in our last podcast, you and I were both pretty upset with Jason Tatum uh, and the team as a whole. Um, but you know, this, I mean, you, you said you're a little seasick, Adam, you're, you're, you got some motion sickness from the season it was, we were two and five last last when we last recorded. We're now four and six. Um, we could have we our six of our six losses. We have three losses in overtime, two of which were double overtime to the Knicks. One one to the Knicks who are six and three. Uh, one to the Wizards who are six and three. Um, we lost to Chicago in a game that we totally outplayed them until we just stopped focusing uh their six and three we lost on a buzzer beater to the six and three i believe dallas mavericks um so and then we we just put together an extremely strong week of of defensive performance that's that actually looks much more like the way we played the last week is completely on brand for what we expected of this team so to me i mean i'd like to see it obviously for more than one week uh and i would not will not rule out that a week from now i'll be back singing the same song i was singing last week with this team but i i do think we're what we saw this last week is more likely what this team will be and i think you know what the key difference is how again how locked in this this group has become defensively a player like Jason Tatum I think has become you know gone back to being a, a positive on the defensive end of the floor and he's really engaged and locked in in a way that he hadn't been for much of the start of the season uh Jalen continues to just be um really just perform I mean his net rating on the season is uh easily the best for the team. He's plus 7.3 over eight games. Uh, Rob Williams is number two. Dennis Schroeder somehow is our third best player uh, from a net rating perspective, which um, is dumbfounding to me on so many levels, but not actually because of how he looks on the court. Cause he's actually looked like, like our third or fourth best player. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Josh Richardson starting to look better. Aaron Neesmith yeah. is getting some run. He's still up and down. Romeo is looking, you know, pretty solid at times. Um, and Tatum has been playing way, way below water for him, like way worse than he typically does. And so if he kind of writes yeah. the ship, Al keeps, you know, Al plays like Al. We don't even need him to play as well as, as he's been playing. Uh, Jalen keeps playing the way he's been playing. And to your point, Josh, right? Guys like Marcus, and Robert Williams just kind of play to their level. Like, you know, we're going to be better. And I think we're showing what we can be certainly on the defensive end of the floor um, recently. So I'm, 
like from a macro trend perspective, I'm certainly very hardened after this last week, and I'm hardened because it the thing the things that we are using to to be better are the things that I think we're best positioned to do consistently. Yeah, I've got some notes about Tatum having the worst start of his career, how his shooting is way down and how they're like, there's just something up with him right now. He just doesn't seem right. And then he goes 12 of 19, six of eight from three against Dallas. And uh, I'm curious to see whether he can have some consistency in hitting his shot. Because in addition to the passing stuff, he just has not been hitting open shots. Uh, so, so. I agree with what you said about around Tatum about if he can level up to where he we would expect him to be. I, we need to acknowledge how good Al Horford has been playing. We've mentioned it, but it, it deserves like 20 minutes of conversation on here. We won't do that, but he has been unbelievable. He's been leading the league in blocks. His defense has been amazing. Uh, he's passing the ball. He's he's hitting shots. Like he, he looks like he's five years younger than he is. He looks like he did when he got to the Celtics the first time. Uh, and yeah. he's really been saving this season. And we've been we've been saying, like, our, let's try not to waste this Al Horford because we don't know how much longer we have this. Well, it's obvious that he's been reinvigorated by coming back here and playing with two scoring wings who need a facilitating big man to help them. And, I mean, it's just kind of the perfect fit for him, especially when you compare it to Oklahoma City and Philadelphia and the rosters that they had next to him. But, yeah, he's... You know, it's in, he's in his 15th season right now, and, and he's looking like he's 30 years old. Um, his his shooting percentages and assists are normal for him, but the rebounding and the shot blocking numbers are some of the best of his entire career. So, yeah, he's got this pep in his step this year. That's that's the huge silver lining I see too, Adam. You think it's because he's playing at the four? No, I think it's because he's playing with the personnel he's playing with. Yeah. I also don't want to gloss over Romeo Langford and Aaron Neesmith, who uh, Neesmith finally got some run and scored the ball well. Um, Romeo's been playing well when he when he gets the opportunity. He's shooting the ball in a way that is going to allow him to stay on the court. And if Jalen Brown, it sounds like he's gonna he might miss a week, maybe more, maybe uh, two, maybe yeah, two. Um, and in a situation like that with Romeo and Neesmith playing the way they are now, it, it makes me feel like we have depth at the wing, which is a unique thing in the NBA. This is the, the hardest position to source for NBA teams. Uh, and I'm excited to, to for them to get a little more run to, to show because it's been odd to see Neesmith hidden on the bench the way he has been. Yeah, I mean, it was nice to see Neesmith get... Um you know, un, unchained from the, from the bench and, and allowed to kind of uh, get some real minutes against Miami. And then he got, got minutes again against Dallas. He was very, very good. And, and a key piece, obviously of, of that, um, you know, that second quarter run we had against Miami in particular, uh, he brought a lot of energy that I think the team needed in general and, and needs in general. I think, you know, we've obviously talked ad nauseum about, how these guys can kind of rest on their laurels a little bit. Um, and I think having a guy that is just kind of chaos incarnate uh, on the basketball court and you don't quite know uh, who he's going to jump into or what angle he's going to fall from next. Um, can how, help he's gonna, of, how he's going to yeah, hit the exactly, back of like, the post. Yeah, of the how, how his shoulder is going to end up like <laughs> on somebody else's, you know, thigh, like, <laughs> um, 
but you know, he, he is going to still be inconsistent, right? He was not particularly good against Dallas. Uh, Romeo, I think is getting a bit more consistent, especially, uh, in the, in the, you know, more recent games, um, though he was sick, uh, with a non COVID illness against Dallas. Uh, but I agree with you, Adam, getting those guys more minutes is good. Um, I, I am relieved to see Josh Richardson starting to do some good things so that if Neesmith or Langford are not getting on the court because of him, I can at least semi-rationalize it to myself. Uh, but it is, it, it, that will remain kind of a disappointment that those guys are going to be struggling to get minutes when everyone's healthy, I think. Especially Neesmith. I, I, I think Neesmith is still going to be on the outside looking in when everybody's fully healthy. Yeah, that's a shame. Neesmith needs to play. I'm actually in favor of Juancho Hernan Gomez playing some at the four next to Tatum, um, you know, even ahead of Josh Richardson. I'm, I'm really down on Josh Richardson right now, and, and I'm hoping that he'll be traded at the deadline. Well, it's really a choice between Juancho or Grant Williams or trying to play up, isn't it, Josh? At this point, I feel like Grant Williams is playing out of his mind for him. We still see the ceiling of where that is, you know, but he, if he's hitting 45% of his threes like he's doing, it's hard to keep him off the floor, um, you know, just despite all the limitations that I see. Uh, so I kind of know he's going to get those minutes and he deserves them. And so after that, I would rather go bigger and have Tatum play more three than have Tatum play more four with smaller wings next to him. The other like thing I'd, Jason- I'd rather have... I'd rather have Schroeder or Marcus Smart on the court and then the wings. We don't need both of those guys on the court. There's a lot of, of small guard lineups that we're playing uh, where Tatum's forced to play the four. And I just think that that's too much of a load for him. You know, we went into th- his, his mental toughness issues and that four spot has more, uh, more contact, more... Uh, rebounding duties, it, it's its kind of a load that we could lessen for him if we have a four-man playing next to him who can shoot or facilitate like like Juancho can. Well, the last three games, to me, it makes me far more optimistic than I was. Things were really looking bleak. Uh, and now it looks like uh, there's some light, there, there's some shining light up ahead here. There's some, I, can, I see the path towards being a team that's actually better than my assumed sixth seed this year. Um, and it includes the development of a lot of players on this team. Um, and there are some bright spots here. So um, I don't want to act like everything's doom and gloom here. Uh, and and a, an additional trend that I'm enjoying is Jason Tatum is arguing less with the refs and getting back on defense in the last three games. Well, I mean, he got that. He, oh, no, it was Udoka who got the T. I was uh, against the Heat. He was he did, did a little bit complaining against the Heat, but it was a rough game. It's hard not to to complain when you've got uh, Kyle Lowry on the other side there, who is complaining yeah, like a madman. Grift King, Grift King. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just you know, on the season so far, obviously it's it's all small sample size still, but just to the point on these kind of small lineups and small small guards we're relying on. <laughs> all of Josh Richard, Richardson, Romeo Langford, and Aaron Neesmith, who physically are all pretty much the same. They're all about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Um, all of them are sub 200 pounds or maybe right at 200 pounds. 
right? They're 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 the same physical profile. They're all have a net rating on the season of negative uh, eleven or worse. Josh Josh Richardson is actually uh, has the the best net rating of the three of them, uh, but not by a lot. Romeo's come on strong and and uh, been a, a clear positive on the quarter the last uh, four games he's played in. Um, and you know if Neesmith and Richardson are are equally counterproductive on the court right everyone would prefer to just have Neesmith so he can get the reps and get better so to, to your point josh um and, and i don't you know i think you're in in pretty much the majority of celtics fans here uh would would prefer to see much less richardson and much more uh reps for the young guys Looking ahead here, the Celtics have a rematch against Toronto. It'll be interesting to see. I, I do not view Toronto as a, a poor team. Um, I mean, sorry, as a good team, although they are definitely playing better. And and uh, Barnes is phenomenal. Uh, he, he outplayed Tatum, in my opinion, the last game. So that is has the potential to be a letdown game, um, as do uh, the games on Saturday and then Monday, against both against Cleveland. Uh, I'm really curious to see how the Celtics play against teams that they should beat because those are the times that they uh, I could see them letting up, which is um, part of the issue with with when they're not staying focused. They also play Milwaukee. I expect them to bring it for that game. Uh, and hopefully Brown is healthy then, uh, but we'll, well, we'll have to see. Well, the, okay. So first of all, the Celtics just lost by 30 at home to Toronto. So if they go in acting like they don't need to focus, that's, I mean just disastrous um and you know they took care of business against orlando going into orlando and stifling them so you know let let's let's certainly hope that they can maintain this kind of newfound focus and intensity on the defensive end for more than three games obviously we have that over a season's worth of evidence that that is why we kind of catastrophized a week ago about the state of the team because we had a whole season preceding it that suggested they just couldn't kind of rise to the occasion with consistency. Um, but, but maybe Udoka and, and kind of smart and this public public criticism that we were calling for last year uh, is, is actually starting to kind of help, help galvanize this team and, and get them to, to lock in the way that we know they're capable of, but haven't seen nearly consistently enough. And all three teams that we're playing next are some of the bigger, longer teams at each position. I mean, Toronto's got length at tons of positions. Milwaukee, obviously, they got Giannis and Brooke. And Cleveland's trotting out three seven-footers there. So that this will be a real test to see if the personnel moves that Danny Ainge has made over the last couple of years where we've got guys like Neesmith and Romeo and Josh Richardson out there playing the wing, you know, so that Tatum is now forced to guard a seven-footer against Cleveland or potentially Giannis in, in Milwaukee. You know, like th- that's where this load comes into play, I think, for Tatum and where I'd like to see a little bit more length uh, in our front court. Um, not big man length like like Horford, but, you know, someone who can guard the perimeter like, you know, like the teams we're about to play. Without naming names, Josh, are any of the, the, the trade candidates you've gotten your eyes on on Detroit? Uh, we will have to wait and see until next episode, Mike. Yeah, Sadiq Bay is on there for sure. <laughs> there, I mean, there's there are two on Detroit. Sadiq, I'm curious about Jeremy Grant, but yes, for a future discussion. You guys want to hear my Jason Tatum nicknames? 
Yeah. Let, let, is is, is let, Tater Tots on there? Is what? Jason Tater Tots? Is, is that on there? Adam? Tater Tots is not on there because it doesn't make sense to me. The, the, look, this is a list of Adam's frustration Jason Tatum nicknames, okay? He's, he's playing like he's in kindergarten. <laughs> like, he, like he's eating Tater Tots. So I, I threw these together after we podcasted the last time when when you know it was we were deep in despair. So, Peak anger. Yeah, and and Mike, you you called him <laughs> Mister Softy. I wasn't sure. Soft, if was... soft tea. Soft tea. Soft yeah. tea. Yes. Uh, which is obviously a soft serve ice cream reference. I love it. Uh, so I have four categories here, uh, and the question oh I have for you all is: Do we? Do you guys want to like write down your top five and then? Uh, we can compile them and see what people think, or do we want to just go through it? I, and I gotta say, I, I feel a little guilty. I feel a little shameful now. After this is a, Tatum played great against the Mavericks. He doesn't normally play as bad as he does this year, and these are all like pretty tough nicknames. I mean, do you, well, you want to? So, okay, is this you sharing the nicknames, or is this therapy so to assuage your guilty conscience? Is it? Is this not all therapy? <laughs> No, let's let's throw the nicknames Tuesday morning. We'll throw them on Twitter right. at Celtics Pride Pod, and, and we'll put our top five on there, and you, you all can vote. Make any notes as I go here. Category one: These are nicknames based on Jason Tatum being soft. Okay, so th- these are for you, Josh. Okay, so soft serve is on there. That's obviously I'm stealing Mr. Softy from Mike. So, uh, so he had Mr. Soft T. I've got Soft C because he's a Celtic. Just the letter C. Uh, we've got Soapstone in there which you may not know is the softest mineral on earth. It breaks apart <laughs> under pressure. Brittle. You've got the cashmere kid. He's rich Ooh. now and soft. Ooh, I like that one. You can just go plush, which I feel like fits his, his uh, after game outfits these days. And then there's Jason tender. Ah, uh, that was a good one. <laughs> Okay, the next group is about Jason Tatum complaining. So the first is the Wanimal. No. The second Ooh. is Jason Tantrum. <laughs> Not bad. Tough as flails. The feeble flailer. And then I've got Jim Brat. Because he is a Jim Rat, but he's been acting like a brat. Oh, boy. Okay. We got some good ones in there. All, all right. right. The next grouping is on Jason Tatum playing isolation basketball. So the first is ISO Kobe in search of Kobe, which really, now that I say that out loud, is way too soon. I just want to apologize for that one. Okay. The second one is Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> Car- Carmelo 0.5. <laughs> well, the next one is zero on five. Because uh, wow. Jason Tatum is is the number zero. Uh, then we have Black Hole Sun mm-hmm. and Arrested Development. In case you're a fan of that show. Oh, not the not the band. Oh, love the band. <laughs> I like Speech's album after that. Okay, last category. These are like the ones out of extra frustration. Okay, so again, he's he's number is zero. So absolute zero. He was called by LeBron a problem, so the problem. <laughs> In case you're a fan of musicals, Jesus Christ practice star. Wow. Jason Hatem, hate some Tatum, hate some Hatem. <laughs> Say those again. Jason Hatem, hate some Tatum, and then just hate some Hatem. 
Now, obviously, I don't hate Jason Tatum. It's been frustrating. Okay, these like these are all a little over the top. Peak anger. The last group, especially. Yeah, peak anger nicknames. Any responses? Yeah. Anyone jump out at you? Oh, there's some really good ones there. Uh, we'll, we'll, I like we'll uh, J- Jason Tantrum. I liked. That was a that was a good one. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll 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 let the we'll let the listeners decide, and we'll Josh and I will add some of our own. We'll have to give it some thought. Do any of these still ring true to you? Adam, after the last week, um, yeah, I did think... one game change your mind? <laughs> Three <laughs> yeah, games. But... Three games. <laughs> yeah, but only one was really good. Yeah, he was. He played defense in all three, at least. The ones on him being soft, I think. I think he's still soft. Um, and he the isolation stuff absolutely rings true. Um, the complaining stuff we got to see. If he stops complaining, then uh, he may not. He, you know, he may be tough as nails if he can drive it to the hoop get some fouls, get back on D when he doesn't get it, that sort of a thing. Uh, if he stops making tantrums and complaining, great. We don't, then yeah. Mike, do you think he's got a little bit more of a winner mentality now? Or has he still got the loser mindset? Yeah. He was definitely playing with a loser mindset. Uh, he's been playing more with a winner's mindset the last week, for sure. I mean, all of it is predicated on consistency, but... For him, for everyone on the team, right? It's about playing basketball the right way. It's about, all, you know, buckling in and playing hard on every possession, especially on defense, moving the ball, not trying to go zero on five or one on five, but just making the right read and the right pass. He, he made a lot of great passes in the game against Dallas in addition to hitting some shots. I actually didn't love all the shots he took because I don't love when he takes those basically unassisted three-pointers. Um, that's a, that's a fine shot to pull out again when it's late shot clock, but I still think he does it too much early shot clock. Um, but making the right read and making it early, driving into the heart of the defense, moving the ball, getting defense and rotation, allowing the, the offense to swing it, whether he gets the assist or not, like that's what matters. And he's doing more of that. Um, so to me, when I'm talking about like, if, I see him playing with a loser's mindset is because he's not locked in on defense. He's not playing offense in a way that puts the, puts the opposing team's defense kind of on their heels. Um, and he's capable of doing all of that if he's focused and not uh, focused on the right stuff and not the wrong stuff. So that's where it always gets frustrating with him. I did have a nickname that did not make the cut, which was lemur mindset. Just <laughs> Isolation plays, jumping off a cliff, following everybody else. That's 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 lemming. That's lemming. Oh, thank you, lemming. Le- yeah, lemming. Lemur, lemurs yeah. are the ones in Madagascar. Uh, <laughs> I did like you saying them because they're adorable and it evoked images of large-eyed, ring-tailed lemurs. You know, they're they're uh, magnificent creatures that jump around on their tails. And that is how Jason Tatum is playing. Uh, last episode, I called him pusillanimous or timid. And I gotta, uh, we gotta update that. The edit on that is it's pronounced pusillanimous. Sorry, everybody, wow. uh, for butchering the English language with that. But look, uh, if if nothing else, I do know that that Jason Tatum nickname segment was straight fire. We should have led with that one, guys. I'm so worried. <laughs> I'm so worried about what's going to happen to me now as a result of that. All right, let us I know mean, what you think at Celtics Pride Pod on Twitter. You could write individually to at Coach Motenko if you just want to. Make fun of his twin brother or at Mike Minkoff NBA. Uh, and remember to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, I'm, I'm hesitating saying that. Let's let's not rate based on this one. <laughs> Follow us. Keep listening. Adam, Adam are you going to get 
You're going to get a Twitter account so that people can uh, follow you too? Or are you still no, it's very unhealthy. Social media is okay. very unhealthy. I'm not interested. <laughs> Coward. <laughs> exactly. Allows me to hide here. <laughs> you you have the bravery of Ben Simmons behind the three-point line. Oh, many of these nicknames apply to me. Let me not <laughs> Let me not be Marcus Smart here and say that I'm perfect. Yeah, is this when I should tell everyone that Mr. Softy originated as a nickname for you and <laughs> just got... <laughs> Which is that about my problem with ice cream? All right, listen. If you've listened, sure, let's say yes. <laughs> if you have listened this far, you are a part of Celtics Pride. Thank you. <laughs>